Hello, this is the third episode in the series of Your Pets Are Trying To Tell You Something. And today we're talking about the five senses. This is such an important series for anyone lucky enough to share their lives with an animal of any kind. We're doing this series to help raise awareness on the importance of nutrition and wellness for animals and to provide practical natural solutions for pet parents and lovers so that we can all help our furry friends live a happier and healthier lives. Everything we discuss can equally be applied to us humans and other species. Our animals have so much to teach us, so let's enjoy learning and thriving together. So I'm a biologist and a holistic health therapist, and I'm also the founder of the Live, Love, Learn podcast, Catherine Edwards Academy and CatherineEdwards.life. I offer a range of holistic services for animals and humans and seeking to improve their overall health and vitality. I use a unique combination of holistic natural therapies which provide each customer of whatever species with a lot of information to understand the root causes of any imbalances, addressing physical, emotional, spiritual and behavioural issues, and most importantly, providing lasting solutions to regain balance. I'm passionate about expanding consciousness, remaining curious, sharing information and balancing science, philosophy, and most importantly, practical implementation. I'm delighted again today to be joined by my two special guests. The first one is Dr. Tima Tastahar. He's a veterinarian with a doctoral degree in equine cardiology and has worked extensively in equine and pet food and supplement production. He specialises in animal physiology and movement and has a broad experience in rehab and nanomedicine for horses and pets. Dr. Tasta is also involved in pet food formulation and consults for various companies. He's well known for his ability to speak and break down complicated scientific data, data and concepts and explain them to the general public. He prefers natural solutions as much as possible and prioritises long-term functional solutions over short-term results, which can have rather drastic unwanted side effects. My second guest, Lance Shuttler, graduated from the University of Iowa with a bachelor's degree in health sciences and is the CEO and owner of Ascent Nutrition, a company I use a lot. It's a unique holistic nutrition company. He's also a contributing health and wellness writer at the Epoch Times, and his work includes the topics of regenerative agriculture, resource-based economies, and quantum technologies. So as I said, today we talk about the five senses. This is so often overlooked when it comes to our animals. So we look about the importance that nutrition has on the proper functioning of these senses as well as the clues that our animals might be giving us that something might be out of balance. And we also remind people that what we talk about equally applies to us humans and other species. We look at how all information taken in by the senses results in an amplification in the brain, which sends impulses to other parts of the body, impacting everything we do, think, feel, and our physical health and wellness. We look at the connection to what we eat, and how small incremental changes can have an effect over time, resulting in significant change and problems. Often our animals find it hard to express these changes to us humans, so as pet parents we often notice it in their behaviour changes, such as going off food, laying around more than usual, etc. So what we're aiming to do here is highlight what you can look out for and what you can do about it to stop problems developing before it reaches that point. So often in society, we put the changes down to normal aging processes. However, often this just isn't the case. And I personally have seen and supported multiple dogs and cats with issues, everything from cataracts, skin issues, arthritis, that have been reversed naturally by removing toxins and addressing proper nutrition. Once again, we look at balancing quality and quantity of food and how crucial it is to understand the amounts of carbohydrates, protein and fat that your species needs and how the quality of that can have such an impact to our senses. 
And as always, the microbiome is key. So we look to how all of our senses are locked in and linked to the microbiome effectiveness and what we can do to support and rebuild that. We cover the quality of water and what that has on our bodies and also um, how dogs and cats lead with their sense of smell and how important it is for us humans to realise that and what that can tell us about the state of health of our animals. So we discuss the importance of omega oils, the problems with fish oils, mineral balance, and most importantly, give lots of tips about what will enhance your animal's health. Once again, this show was recorded live, so we answer some of the audience's questions. So please sit back, enjoy and listen, and we hope you learn some good tips that will ensure you and your animals truly thrive. Hi, 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 everyone. We are here back again with the lovely Lance Shuttler from Ascent Nutrition and the brilliant Timo Tastadar, um, our lovely vet friend. And we are going to be talking about something that I'm really, really passionate about, guys. It's about the five senses. And, and today we're going to be, you know, a lot of what we're talking about applies to humans and our lovely furry friends, our pet species, um, but we're just talking about the the real importance of nutrition and the effect it has on the five senses and the clues that our animals or our bodies might be giving ourselves that something's going amiss. So yes. it's going to be a good one. So let's start. Let's start with you today, Timo, before we get into the subject. How are you? I feel very good. And um, I'm working on a song for my boy's birthday party tomorrow and it's easy peasy lemon squeezy so the song is easy <laughs> because he's, he likes to say it all that and everything's fine um and i'm really excited to talk about this because um this is something that a lot of uh, cats and dogs especially and people do suffer from and they don't even realize it so it they still when they realize it when they really lost a lot of it and um, that's why i want to talk about it yeah, we're so passionate about making sure that whether you're a human or an animal, that you really are at full vitality. And sometimes we don't realise how much of that we've lost until we start to get it back. So, Lance, how are you doing? You're looking full of vitality as usual today. How's it going with you? Thanks, Catherine. I'm feeling full of vitality and uh, also very excited to talk about this. Um, you know, we've talked about this off screen before, just really over the past um, couple of years is when I've sort of become aware of and really sort of diving deep on DHA and what it's doing for, you know, the, the, the animals and people. Uh, and so I'm really interested and excited to talk about this as it relates to vision and, you know, the whole nervous system and all the senses, because, you know, these, uh, these oils are quite magical for, uh, conducting electricity. Yeah, it's a fascinating one. And this is why I love these discussions so much, because, you know, we're talking about sort of obviously bringing in certain things, particularly in relation to our animal health today. But please don't forget this applies to you. And I will be keeping an eye on the questions as we go through. Oh, we've got um, lots of people joining us. Monique, thank you so much. Same Regent. And Andrea, who normally does our moderating, is in on holiday at the moment. I won't say where she is, so I'm sure you're sitting there with a nice cocktail, Andrea. I hope. <laughs> yes. Oh, she's all right. She's saying she's in sunny Spain. So let's get started on today's conversation. As I said, please don't be shy about asking questions, people. And what I'll do is I'll stop the conversation every so often and go through the questions. So, Timo, let's start with the five senses and why they're so important, the clues that they can give us to our animals' health and our own health. Okay, let's start uh, with uh, a bit more esoteric style basics. So everything around us are vibration and electromagnetic fields, sounds, visual clues, not just the light, but also changes in shadows, colors. Everything has the same type of effect on us. That means all information has a certain type of amplification in the brain, and then it results in an impulse, right? So don't think that as just a gathering of information about your surroundings, but all of them has like hormones, 
a certain impact on everything we do, everything we think, and how you how we feel, how we even digest. And once the senses are not good anymore, not normal anymore, then also the effects of these impulses change. That means things that we need for pro proper uh, functioning, like um, uh, let's say you wake up in the morning and you want to really wake up your whole body. If you don't have enough light, it's really hard, isn't it? Because the light has an impact on your awakening process. So, but if your eyes are not functioning well and your skin is covered all the time and, 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 then suddenly the waking up process is depending on the lovely coffee and not sunlight anymore. And that's a huge impact. It's like, it's not something small. It's not something that you can just uh, brush away, right? That's why five senses, although the sixth one, seventh one, sense of balance, everything is connected to what we eat, what we are built of. And, and if these things change, then everything change. But the changes are so small, incremental, that in a point, we don't really realize till it reaches a point that is really, really different than it was before. And uh, cats and dogs mostly cannot express this. What they do is they don't want to eat anymore. They don't feel right anymore. They lay around and suddenly you realize, okay, this something is wrong. And, uh, and we have to stop that before it reaches that spot, right? It's a really good point. I mean, even from personal experience, from a human experience, when I, I didn't realize for years that I had severe hearing loss because I assumed no one could hear <laughs> what the teacher or what people were saying. And it was only when I started working with a lot of Finnish people that are very softly spoken and doing a lot of telephone conferences that I realized, no, it was just me that couldn't hear. <laughs> um, but with animals, with, you know, obviously I work professionally with, with all species, but also have lots of my own. And one of the things that I've noticed really um, there's a lot of misconception about Timo and Lance is we put a lot of things down to the normal aging process, which actually aren't the normal aging process. So, for example, I've seen numerous times, more times than I care to remember, um, dogs, even with, with cataracts, with sight issues, with hearing issues, with taste issues, with, with skin issues, be completely reversed through naturally looking at removing the toxins and um, plugging the plugs with what they should have in their bodies. So nutrition is so key to getting everything communicating and working properly in the body, isn't it? I totally agree. But uh, there are some key nutrients that are above all others, right? Of course, we have a lot of micronutrients that nobody will talk about, about selenium, molybdenum, and all that stuff that has a certain effect, of course, on vision. Or we have the basic elements we all need, like calcium, uh, chlorine, sodium, iron, that have all their small impact on everyday life. But generally speaking, um, the amount of carbs, protein, fats and the types of carb protein and fats play the most the biggest role and what changes in your body especially your lens not your lens but the lens of the eye and visual acuity and of course the sense of taste has a lot to do with uh, with our nose so the the uh, smell and of course all our senses has direct connection with our microbiome which is hard to believe but yes the bacteria in us has a direct impact on how we interpret in what we are getting from outside but what do you say lens yeah absolutely timo um just like you said the micronutrients are so important but it's the sort of uh bigger compounds that we're looking at the fats the carbs the proteins that are going to really shape uh you know who we are or who the animals are and so monitoring that and you know having good understanding of basic nutrition, you know, is really important. And when we say basic nutrition, obviously we're talking about natural, real nutrition and not the mainstream basic nutrition, feeding uh, animals, terrible, terrible things. So um, definitely Timo, uh, you know, they're building blocks, clearly. They, they make up the cells, which then makes up the organs, which then makes up, you know, the human or the animal. And so what we put in truly does feed and build and restore and repair uh, what's going on. And the quality of water, maybe we should talk about it in a separate video, but the quality of water has a huge, huge impact 
and especially pets' body because they drink water normally separately from their food, not like we do, but they have always sip in between a lot. And that has a huge impact on horses and cats and dogs and how how their bodies um, how their body is uh, reacting to it because water is the yeah the connector the connection in all our body between all cells so it has a huge impact of course yeah we will definitely do a step one because it's massive so the nutrition we keep coming back to the nutrition and how important it is now dogs and cats let's talk about those because a lot of people watching at the moment will have a dog or a cat that they're sharing their life with now dogs and cats their main sense is the sense of smell isn't it and if that's going awry if if there's something wrong that's making that not work properly it's going to affect every aspect of what foods they choose to eat, their ability to make sense of their environment, their stress levels and everything. Yeah, so um, so all animals that are born blind or like with closed eyes has a much higher sense of smell than everyone else because when we are born, we don't see perfectly, but we still see a lot. But the cats and dogs, they they get acquainted to their mother through only smell. So... That's the only thing I, they have. They don't hear very well at the beginning either. So they keep that level of uh, dependence on smell, on their smell, so high that with just a bit of perfume, you can totally disorient them. And that happens all the time, especially when people are a bit heavy on the spray. Suddenly, their animal might have uh, vertigo, totally lose their sense of balance and sight. And yeah, that's, that's an interesting thing. And it shows how impactful it is. Of course, they have far more nerve endings and their noses and all that stuff. But it's mostly, it's here, it's the amplification. Like some humans lose their eyesight. They have also heightened sense of smell and hearing capacity. That means the amplification makes the end product of a sense. And they are really geared towards it. And you can really affect that by changing the neurotransmitters, the, the way the environment moves resonance, colors, light, sense, everything. That means everything around has a direct impact on the sense of smell. Yeah, absolutely. Now, talk us about some of the key nutrients. Um, I was listening to another talk that you and Lance did together, and it was really wonderful how you were pulling together how the DHA is so crucial in the communication of all cells and particularly in, you know, the five senses. Can you talk us through that a bit? We'll start with you, Timo, and then go on to Lance, if that's okay. Yes, uh, Lance is, of course, expert in this, but uh, I would like to say that certain nutrients like fatty acids, they are so connected to our evolution. All species, not just us, but everyone on this earth is connected to it. Without communication, there is no organization. And without organization, there is no organism. So, to become an organism, at least an organized system, you need communication. And DHA is the core of it. So if that's not there, then the organization just uh, crumbles down slowly, one by one. So Lance, we're going to ask you, could you just please explain to our listeners about what DHA is and how they would normally be used to hearing about getting it into theirs or their animal's diet? Yeah, definitely, Catherine. So DHA, people know this also as an omega-3 fatty acid or an essential omega-3 fatty acid, essential meaning that it has to be consumed in the diet. And just like Timo said, animals need it, we humans need it. And so what it is, is it's this fatty acid that actually makes up uh, a large portion of the neuron. And so just like Timo said, it need, it's needed for communication to happen because that's how communication happens throughout the body is uh, the nervous system and the neurons communicating with each other. Um, and so normally the way people would or animals would get this is from fish oil because algae in the sea actually helps to produce and contains the DHA and other fatty acids. And then fish and other, you know, let's say krill will consume the algae and then they incorporate it into their cellular membranes. And then, you know, we humans or animals consume the fish or the fish oil, and that's where we're getting the DHA and the EPA. But um, just as a person can see, we can actually bypass that whole process of the fish 
and just go straight to the algae. And so that's, uh, you know, what we're doing with the scent nutrition. We'll talk about that more a little bit later, but that's exactly how it can be done and how we're doing it because we want to get the cleanest source possible. Obviously there's a lot of issues with fish oil in the fishing industry. So we just are water extracting an ancient strain of algae to get this DHA that we need. Just like you said, Timo, we, we have sort of evolved based off of this DHA. And uh, this is so important because this is literally one of only a few compounds uh, that have, have not changed its structure or, or function in, let's say, millions or billions of years. Who knows what the real number is? And what that means is that, you know, as species change and evolve, the cells and, and certain compounds change in their structure and function to better serve the, the organism. But DHA has not changed because it has maintained its efficiency in communication and what it does. So, you know, just like you said, Timo, it's crucial and absolutely necessary for communication to take place in the brain and nervous system throughout the whole body. And that's exactly right, because it is literally like the most important fundamental, let's say evolutionary compound that's in the an animal body, uh, as well as us humans. Can I just also bring into there? So obviously, most humans are used to thinking of that getting for themselves or their animals, uh, the DHA from fish oils. And we, if you, anyone wants to understand why you shouldn't be getting it from fish oils, please go back to our video from last week and the le- week before and watch those because we explain that in great detail. But obviously, a lot of dogs and cats wouldn't eat fish in the wild. But of course, they would be eating animals. And, and we've all, all of us who've got dogs and cats know they're very selective and they will seek out drinking from puddles with certain algae on and things as well. Would they be getting some of the DHA from that as well or from prey animals that have consumed algae? Uh, yes, small amounts for sure. It depends. Like your water example, Catherine, if there's some sort of phytoplankton or algae in the water, they will get very small amounts of it. Uh, it just sort of depends. And hopefully the water is clean and it's uh, you know a, a beneficial source of algae or, or plankton. Yeah. But um, definitely it'll get small amounts for sure. And then depending on what they're eating, if they're eating, uh, you, you know, another another animal or fish, then they are going to get some as well. Um, it just sort of depends. But Timo, you want to touch on that? Yeah, but uh, that's actually connects here to Alison O'Brien's question is I'm just back from the park with my little dog has just eaten a bowl of really good sardines in olive oil, good or bad. So is it canned or did you just put the sardines in olive oil? Olive oil generally is not very positive for dogs or cats. It has too high omega-6 fatty acids, but not the ones that a cat needs. And too much omega-6 fatty acid that the dog definitely doesn't need. That's why cats and dogs shouldn't eat much olive oil if possible. And the sardines, they are really good if you give them fresh uh, and or just boil for three minutes. But uh, having them in the in the typical sardine can from Portugal, Spain, France, whatever, is not the best idea. But they are very rich in calcium, so it's a very good source of uh, omega-3 fatty acids and calcium and other things like vitamin D, but um, they shouldn't be canned. Yeah, okay. Um, absolutely, Monique, you can use the same bottle of DHA for you and your dog. I do that for all our families. My dogs, my cats, my humans, they all use the same one. So that's no problem at all. I want to tell something here. I forgot to, to talk about this before, also with Lance. We, we always calculate uh, medicine and a lot of nutrients according to the weight of the dog or cat. But uh, the dependence on omega-3 fatty acids or how much you need do not linearly change with the weight. So an average person, 90 kilos or 60 kilos, need similar amount of omega-3 fatty acids. They don't need, just because they are like 20 kilos more, suddenly, accordingly, far more. That's why if you are around one milliliter with your uh, dog and half a milliliter with your cat, you are on the safe side. You don't have to change according to their size much. Of course, if it's a mastiff and a massive mastiff, then you can start to increase a bit, or Irish wolf dog. But uh, normally, 
the difference between a Chihuahua and um, Labrador shouldn't be that high. Yeah. Okay. Quick question here from Miwi Miha: Is Nemo helpful for for the lazier and dogs' eyes yeah. keep coming back? So, Timo, have you got any comments on that? Well, neem oil, I just uh, tried neem uh, powder in powder form, so I cannot uh, comment for the neem oil, but I know the medication is a bit dangerous, that's true. But I didn't use it. Yeah, you can try it on your own uh, risk, of course. But um, I hear very good things about neem oil, but I never use it myself. I use it a lot with animals in my practice for self-selection, but what I would say um um me we me <laughs> whatever your real name is is i you need to use it with caution because it's it's very much what's one animal's medicine is another one's poison and some animals react really positively to neem oil and some animals react really really negatively so if your animal is not comfortable around the neem oil smelling it showing a real interest in it then i would find an alternative for that um, because if it's not the right substance, it can equally do some harm. Yeah, and it's cooling, a very strong cooling oil. So, yeah. uh, and it will be absorbed from the uh, from the uh, mucous membranes. So be careful; it will reduce the energy of the dog or cat, and uh, it might cause them to feel like cold and not not strong enough. Yeah. There's an interesting one from Harry. Dogs known to be vegetarians, cats are carnivores and love fish. Um, we can just cover that very briefly, Harry. There's a real caution with that um, because if cats eat too much fish, it can be really not good for them, can't it, Timo? Yes, that's correct. Actually, although cats love fish, uh, fish's uh, fatty acid structure is not that good for, for the cat. It's actually more suitable to the dog. Yeah. But, yeah, cautiously every day, just a bit, or once or twice a week, fish-based meal is not a problem. But it's not an everyday pleasure normally. And lots of cats don't like fish. I can vouch for that. I've had lots of cats over the years and currently got five. And of my five, only one of them will eat fish. Um, but at the vegetarian one, we've done shows on that and everything. It's very, very hard to have your dog as a healthy vegetarian for lots of reasons. So outside the scope of this. Um, a bladder whack and dulse, is that the same as what we're talking about from getting the DHA from algae? So from my point of view, I will let the rest for um, Lance, but I tried these and no, it's not the same. Although uh, both Bladderag and Dulce, they are really good. And they should be seen not just the source of omega-3, but for many things. And Dulce has even taurine in it. So it's a totally different aspect and they have a lot of micronutrients. Um, so you can compare them to phytoplankton because it's a complete food source like spirulina it's a source of many things but to pinpoint omega-3 i would really go with the algae oil yeah perfect and just a couple more questions for in the next bit colette hi colette um i know colette well um refuses the um dha in its food or by itself this is quite a complicated one as you know colette because we've had quite a lot of talks about self-selection so a lot depends when you're giving a, a, a cat things about how you're giving it, where you're giving it, the energy behind how you're giving it, etc. And also what the actual diet is, because if it's on a good, well-balanced, raw diet, it might be getting enough from its diet as yeah. well. Um, so there's so many reasons for that, Colette. So it really depends what she's eating, um, whether there's any stress around her food as well. So the reason I'm saying that is I do self-selection animal self-medicating and I can be working with a client's animal. And because it's not my animal, I'm in a very neutral place about it. Whilst obviously if a client's worried about their animal, there's going to be some anxiety related to that. So if, if someone who's in a neutral place offers something, an animal will quite often take it rather than someone who's got sort of a strong emotional attachment. So, or it could be that you're just that Tia doesn't need anymore because she's getting it from her food. So you're very experienced, Colette. You'll know which one of those it is, but it could be there's there's lots of variations on that as to why. So great question. Thank you. Um, and we've got one here about organic flax oil. Okay to use. Would you like to start, Lance, on this? Um, 
Timo, I think you're better answered for this one. I mean, I will say that, you know, it depends. I mean, obviously, I think they're asking for one of their pets and it looks like a dog. Um, you know, so Timo, if you can specify specifically, you know, those omega-6 fatty acids that are in there, you know, yeah. why why is that? Yeah, so flex flex oil normally has only ALA in it. It doesn't have DHA or EPA. And, uh, and the dog has to convert them. A cat has big problem converting them and dogs have also problem converting them but they still can just a bit and um, yeah i wouldn't use it for that reason the second thing i don't like about flax oil is it contains a lot of phytoestrogens so it's not very good for the yeah hormone balance neither for females or males and if you yeah constantly using them you start to have an impact on the hormonal system yeah um, a question from Charles. I'll start with this one on is chicken good for dogs? It depends because, Charles, when you're looking at chicken, it depends whether it's organic because obviously the battery-raised chickens are pumped full of chemicals, antibiotics and everything. It also depends on what form you're giving it. So if you're giving raw organic chicken um, as opposed to chicken in pouches or in kibble, um, it also depends what part of the body is being used. So what I would do, um, Charles, is direct you to the dog and cat nutrition courses. The links are below the video and I'll put them in the chat in a minute because you've got to look at using the different parts. So the liver and the heart have got different properties to the meat and also is as part of a balanced diet because no animal should eat the same protein source the whole time. Yeah. Um, so that's really, really important. Have either of you got anything else you want to add to that? Yeah, be sure. So uh, this chicken thing, especially in the US, I don't know where you are, Charles, but especially in the US, started in 1950s or like 40s and World War II time. So before chicken was not even popular for normal farmers to eat. And it became after, after the industrialization and uh, realizing that they needed a lot of protein source for the masses while most of the guys who worked with the sheep and cattle were gone, right? So it is not the best source for many things, but it's not a bad source if your dog is not allergic. And uh, But yeah, please look at the course and let us know also what you think about it. But it's important that you understand the dynamics behind how to change the uh, protein source, why, and why avoid the same protein source all the time. Yeah, so I'll put the link in a minute in the chat, Charles, to the course. Now, Cranky Pants, I love your name. <laughs> I'll stop laughing when I say that. Um, your foster kittens, first of all, well done for being such an amazing mum to so many foster kittens. The clues in the name here, fish-flavoured wet food. So, again, without going into too many details, because we've covered this in other talks in our course, um, any pouch, any processed wet food is going to be generally very poor quality and not great for the animals. I do appreciate that you're a foster mum and that you've got a lot of mouths to feed. Um, but, yeah, there's going to be real issues with that. And um, unfortunately, that, that that's not going to be a healthy start. Yes, for sure. Most of the wet food that you can buy for cats, they are wet because cats... We, that's the next uh, subject we have to talk about anyway, are dependent on their tongue for mm. um, recognition of uh, taste palatability and the recognition of uh, nutrients. So they are not like dogs choosing their food with their nose, but they are choosing with their tongue mostly. That's why it's wet, because through wet food, they get the uh, flavors far better. The problem is uh, to make that food that way, in that consistency, you have to add special salts and other things to stabilize them. And most of the time, like 99.999%, they are not very healthy salts. And that's why cats that eat mostly yeah, wet food also have their own problems over time. Typical kidney problems, uh, gum problems. And I do promise you, um, Cranky McGee, and because you're a foster mom, I'm very happy if you email me on the contact details below this. Anyone who's got rescue animals, I will give you a discount on the courses, whether you want the dog or the cat ones, because we love anyone that rescues animals. And we yeah, want that's amazing. Very accessible to you. Um, it's the course that Timo and I run, so I should have checked with you first, but I know you're always happy to, Timo. Yeah, um, so please do email me on the, uh, on the below.
good question here from Beth, and then we'll sort of move on. Can you give cats too much raw meat? No. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> That's <one> lion. <laughs> and one thing I will say, cats are absolutely expert at self-regulating their food intake when you feed them real raw food not pouches and and kibble that's got um things now beth has been doing i know beth and she's been doing an amazing job with her rescue cats um she did make a comment above they were very traumatized when they came to i hope beth won't mind this and to get them used to beth beth's been tying string to her and running around the house and they've been playing chasing her so one of the things we do is we work with traumatized animals in other ways as well so you've been doing an amazing job but no they can't have too much raw meat beth and beth has been doing the calls as well and she knows about the balance you're doing such a great job well done uh, i want to say also uh if you're feeding your cats only twice a day uh, the satiating point of the meat is it's to its real value to the body that means the stomach just carries that much that's enough to carry the right amount of food does it make sense so when the the, the, the stomach is satiated because you have different systems to be satiated then that's enough already. If if it's raw meat, good quality organs and that stuff, that means you can never really overfeed a cat if it eats real food. It's really hard to do that. And I have um, um, animals that have come from quite poor backgrounds in the past. And what I find is initially, if they've been starved for a while, they might overeat for a short amount of time. I never worry about it. That's just the fact that they're just getting used to the fact that they're going to be fed regularly. And then they very quickly move into or depending, you know, some take longer. I have one that took a while to self-regulate, but they all do. Um, it's just that relief to them that they're getting good quality, regular food. So I never worry if I've got a new animal that takes a little while to regulate their eating amount because I know it's always going to happen. So I just trust and let them build the confidence with that. Um, so that's great. Um, and, um, yeah, cranky pants. Yeah. The dry course obviously has got similar issues. So please do email me and I'll give you a good discount. So let's talk about some of the other senses folks. So smell absolutely crucial to all our animals. It's one of the main ways they communicate. Eyesight is a big, um, issue, isn't it? Again, like you were saying, both of you earlier, where often people don't realize that animals have got a problem with their eyesight until it's or their own eyesight. Or their own. <laughs> yes, but talk us through the impact of, of the diet and the nutritional, because we are talking here about sort of domesticated dogs and cats that are typically fed commercial food and yep. how disastrous that can be for this. So, so uh, if we go back to our course through organic natural vitamins versus the synthetic ones, and that starts there already. So vision is very dependent on... Um, very good fatty acids and some uh, minerals and vitamins. And when you are not getting them in the right form, then you suddenly start to reduce the quality of your senses because the senses are depending on it. And the sight is the one that is mostly connected to the quality of food the most. So that means the sight is very dependent on the quality of what you feed your dog and cat with. And if it's not right, it goes bad really quick. And cataract is a very good sign of that, that the fat balance is not right, not enough protein, maybe too much carb, too much inflammation, and uh, and not enough um, high-quality fatty acids. Yeah, what do you say, Lance? You know this stuff well. So, yeah, no, exactly, Timo. I mean, it really just goes back to what we were talking about earlier, that all these nutrients are building blocks. Cells need nutrients so that they can build, repair, and, you know, uh, self-destruct when, when it's necessary. And, you know, it's just sort of like a car or a machine. You have to have all the parts there for it to work right. And if all the parts aren't there, it's not going to work the way that it should. Now it can, you know, get along and chug down the road, so to speak. Uh, but if it's not getting what, or if it doesn't have what it needs, so uh, us humans or animals, if we don't have the nutrients that we need, then things aren't going to work the way that it should. Yeah. Uh, but again, you know, the the slow degradation of health takes time. And just like you said earlier, a lot of people think that this is just part of the aging process. And while it is fundamentally, it doesn't have to be that way in terms of, you know, cats and dogs, uh, 
getting old, so to speak, you know, five or six or seven years uh, down their road, um, they should be living long, vibrant lives and fully active and healthy, you know, really for the most part of their lives. Yeah, I know a surgeon. He stopped uh, doing surgery with 86 years old. He didn't have problem with the eyes or anything else. So he was very stable. Of course, he ate a lot of uh, fruit and vegetables, so a lot. Most of his um, diet was plant-based. But um, he was totally, I mean, he just stopped because he thought that it's getting a bit uh, risky for the patient. He, he just wanted to walk away. It's not like he couldn't anymore. Yeah. Wow. That's, yeah, that's amazing. Huh? And the one thing I would also add to that is, is, is something I work a lot with with people. And I've seen huge improvements in vision from getting their diet right, getting the right supplementation to sort of give them the right building blocks, as we said, which now we would definitely be using the algae oil, and also from detoxing, safely detoxing the body, um, because that can have a huge effect on all yes. the senses, particularly yes. children. Now, one thing I wanted to add for anyone um, who's got the dog and cat nutrition courses or are going to be getting them, you will soon have three new modules as soon as Timo and I have got some time to finish them off. One is going to be on healthily feeding bones, how to safely feed bones for your cats or dogs. One is going to be on the importance of DHA in the algae and how important that is and how to use that with your dogs and cats. And one is going to be on how to safely, why you would need to detox them and safely. So you're going to get a lot more information coming as part of those courses. And anyone who's already got them will have access to that, obviously, for free. So we are adding to them all the time. Um, Harry, yes, we have got, if you look at the Vibrant Animal Team um, video playlist that we've got above, we've done, Timo and I have in the past done a whole show on water and the quality of water for your animals and also all aspects of, of water. And um, as I said above, a bit it might have been, you might have joined afterwards. Um, I've also done ones on structured water as well. So absolutely essential, the quality of water for your animals. And there's a lot of information. If people look at my, Andrea's put the link in the chat above. Thank you, Andrea, um, to the water, um, the flasker video. Um, where we talk about structured water, and I will put the link in a minute as soon as I get off talking to this about um, the the show that we did on water. So if you go back to my YouTube channel and look at the Vibrant Animal Team playlist, you will see a lot of videos that Timo and I and Lance have done over the last two years on so many different, um, you know, subjects, etc. So great. So what else do people need to know, folks, about how nutrition can affect the five senses? Um, obviously, we did a whole thing on skin, but it will, you know, skin or if we're looking at touch and sensitivity has got a big and massively affected by nutrition, isn't it? Yes, and especially on reflexes that it's uh, not talked much about. I don't know why, but reflexes are really dependent on what you eat, especially on your microbalance, like all the mineral balance is super important. Vitamin B6 is super important, vitamin B1. These play major role, major role in how quick you can react to danger or in your daily life. So if you feel like you are getting slower and you're not that quick anymore with your reflexes, of course, age has an effect. But sometimes I think we are too quick to blame the age. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And something I was reading about just earlier is there's studies showing how, okay, we know that DHA is highly concentrated at the synapses, the end of the synapses. Uh, and so when part of that is there, or when that happens, the, the communication happens through the, the synapse, like the gap junction right there. And so studies have shown that when people or animals get enough of the DHA, or these omega-3 fatty acids, the actual connections and, and the communication actually speeds up. So it makes sense with what you're just saying. And of course, if you're getting the minerals in there, that is crucial and necessary too. But it's just sort of like the whole message we've been echoing this whole time, which is it's a, a full spectrum of nutrients that we're looking for, but there are certain ones that really are power players and are yeah. important. And DHA is clearly one of those nutrients. Yeah, and some, some things are expendables, right? I always say that, but if you look at your room or your house, you see the building blocks, you know, everything is there. 
but the sandpaper is not there, the brushes are not there, all the expendables that are necessary to build something are not visible anymore. So is omega-3 fatty acid. I mean, they do a lot of jobs and they are gone and you have to replenish them. And when you break down the tissue, they are not always there. So you think that they might be not there, but they were used to build that process, right? Like vitamin C in the tendons, it's also when you break down the tendon tissue, there is no vitamin C, but without it, it couldn't be produced. Um, DHA is the most crucial thing for any cell to feel anything, like to, to communicate with any other cell, its environment, with the intercellular matrix, that's the fluid between the cells that keeps it together. Without it, there is no cell communication, which is then a dead organism, because without cell communication, nothing can happen. You cannot think, you cannot function. Timo, so a question based off of that, why, so you explained it, but, but could you go a little bit further in depth? Why is it that DHA is the most important for the cellular communication? Like what's the actual mechanism as to like, you know, why that is the most important? Well, okay. So because we are humans, we think that we think with our brains, right? And when we take the cell, we think the cell thinks with its nucleus, but it's not like that. So you can empty the nucleus and the cell just works fine. It cannot replicate anymore properly, but it just works fine. So the reason for that is the thinking of the cell is made on its external membrane that keeps the cell together. And that is primarily made out of different fatty acids and proteins or peptides, let's say. And each and every cell and each and every species have their own characteristics, signatures into this, because the signature happens according to their interaction with their environment. And the thinking, the selective process of nutrients or anything else, and getting rid of the excess waste products, everything is decided by this membrane. And both DHA and EPA and all different fatty acids for different species play a major role in this. That means the decision-making is somehow made through this membrane. And the membrane decides a lot of things itself. We still don't understand it properly, but it's there. Fascinating, Timo. Thank you. Yeah, it really, really is. And, and you know, the thing is, I cannot stress enough how many issues can be um, put right when you address the nutrition. We, we've talked about this before, but when an animal, an animal is so in tune with their senses and so in tune with their intuition, they know when they're physically out of balance. You know, we all know what we feel like if we put on an extra bit of weight or if we're not fit or we're not healthy or we're feeling under the weather and feeling vulnerable. But for animals, that changes for all of us. But animals are far more perceptive often than us humans. It changes the pheromones that we're giving out and it changes the messages and the energy that they're giving out. So therefore, every animal will react differently to them. So I want to go back to James um, Kastner, who's saying about his dog attacked three times. If there's a repeating pattern like that, then there's so much that can be done to help James because it, there's training that needs to be done for you to help you stop your dog getting in situations where she's vulnerable like that, but also looking at the physical health of the dog and, you know, some training techniques because this is definitely stoppable. But if dogs are consistently going for your dog, there's a reason for it. Um, which needs to be addressed obviously urgently because she's getting the trauma, but it can be addressed. And normally it's things that the humans need to change to address that. But yeah, the physical balance, if your animal is physically not getting the right building blocks for health and vitality, not all, only does it cause them a lot of physical stress, but emotional stress that can come out in behaviours. Because bear in mind, dogs are pack animals. And in the wild, if they're the weak link in the pack, they'll be pushed out of the pack because they'll bring the pack into danger. So you're or in kindergarten. Yeah. Oh, yes, it's so true. And, you know, this is the, the, the unfortunately what it's like, but they carry that instinct forward. So then if your dog is, say, just the, the, I'm not saying this is a case, James, but say your dog is physically out of balance, your dog will be giving off signs to other dogs which are saying, keep away from me, you're bringing me into, you know, the pack into danger. So there's so many reasons for it. That's just one of them. But you know, nutrition, nutrition, nutrition is key. This is quite a good question. Um, do dogs need salt or honey glucose? Uh, the answer is not so straightforward for salt. For honey and glucose, the answer is 
No. Uh, we will talk about it. But for salt, if you salt with salt, you mean table salt. And if your dog is an active athlete or working dog and always on the heat and really have to sweat or let's say perspirate all the time and use electrolytes for his muscle tissue, then salt might be necessary, but it's enough in the food normally. Even if you feed uh, just a bit of yeah, carrots and everything, you will have enough. Um, for glucose, dogs produ produce their own glycogen, turning from proteins. You do not need to give your dog any carbohydrates except fibers. That said, dogs can use glucose, and dogs like to get some glucose in the form of apples, pears, not overly loaded fruits, so to speak, not highly, um, uh, highly full of sugars, but still have some sugars that's not dangerous for dogs it's a bit more dangerous for cats but yeah they don't need and honey they don't need either it's too full of uh, energy in the form that they don't need and they not, cannot process with their brain that amount of sugar and um, yeah and their pancreas is, doesn't have the capacity to digest all that properly Question here from Harry about um, keto diet for dogs. Timo, I know that you, you've got a lot. Oh, of yeah, I have so much to say about it, but uh, let's keep it short. A keto diet for a dog does not exist. So dogs yeah. can have no ketosis three days long. So you can feed them zero for three days long and they will still not be in ketosis. Their body refuses to go to keto. So the keto diet has no effect on dog in case like it does for rats or humans. What it does, though, it will overload over time the pancreas and it will start a heavy pancreatitis and type of insulin resistance. So keto diet for dogs is like nonsensical. And we do cover the benefit of uh, a one day a month fast for dogs, not cats in the course. Um, that's why I'm coming back as a cat next life. I like my food. Um, so really good questions, guys. I'm loving all your questions. Thank you so much. There, uh, Because every time someone asks a question, everyone else will learn a lot from it. Um, I really agree with this. I could not agree with you most, Monique. Um, most people should observe their animals more or better so they pick up the differences sooner or better. Timo and I have talked so much about this, haven't we, Timo? It, we've got yeah. videos on the channel about how to check your dog over what sort of things to look after, look out for. Because, again, it's just like being honest with ourselves. None of us are perfect and we're all learning all the time. Um, so it's really important to just keep that open mind, which I can see you've all got beautifully on here, um, to just constantly want to do the best and learn the best we can. But the most important thing is what Monique is saying here is to notice those signs as early as possible because the earlier you step in and take remedia action, the better it is for you and your animals. Um, Raven's kitten doesn't like tap water. Don't blame it. Me neither. Um, but loves the water that comes from my zero water filter where I've also put in some detox crystals. Well, I'm sure that crystals can uh, break down some of the toxins, but I think the, the filter does more of the job than the than the crystal but i can also say that in winter when the weather is chaotic sometimes we have ice crystals on my car that are so chaotic and look so negative but sometimes they are so beautiful so i think that the crystals and the frequency has a major impact on how the water behaves yeah and i love i'm a big advocate for choice for your animals so you know there's so many different types of water filter out there and everything and we all know those of us that have got outdoor cats and dogs that they'll be very selective about which puddles they drink from and everything so the best way for you to know what your animals want west is best is give them a selection and all the clients that i work with when I'm working with the natural remedies and things, I say, right, put three bowls of water down for a bit. Put one from your water filter, one from your tap, one from if you're collecting rainwater, or if you're adding certain things, certain healing things to it, and let your animals choose. Because bear in mind, if they've only got one, they might prefer it to the tap water, but they, they, they've still not got a choice. You know, I can't drink tap water anymore. I'd need to be really desperate to drink tap water because I can smell what's in it, a lot of the stuff. 
So that's really great that you're all doing these um, things. And, and it's really good for you to learn by putting down a different choice and see what they eat. Now, I'm not talking about putting down a pouch of processed food versus a, a packet of processed kibble because there's all the additives in there that are going to mislead. But when you're looking at water quality, that's the best way for you to get your feedback as to what suits your animals. So anything else? We're nearly, I can't believe we're nearly at an hour. Lance, um, anything else that you want to add? I mean, we've we talked a lot about the quality is absolutely essential, isn't it? The quality of any supplements you're giving your animals. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, that's why um, we do what we do uh, with the scent nutrition, in particular with that algae oil DHA that we've been talking about is, you know, we want to offer the clean and the purest for humans and animals, because as we've talked about, we both need this DHA and, and the little bit of EPA and the small amount of fatty acids that are also in there. But the DHA is so crucial and so important that getting it from the pure clean source then becomes so important because if we're getting it from fish and fish oil, we know how polluted the waters are, the heavy metals, the pesticides, all of that stuff. And so literally the most important fatty acid in the body really should be come at and consumed in a way that it's as pure and clean as possible. That's so true for that. And, you know, this is why I've waited so long to have one that I can actually recommend. And I would caution, now, anyone who's buying ready-made raw food for your dogs and cats, one, well done, because that's so much better than the pouches of things. But I would caution you to have a look at the ingredients, because I get so many clients that tell me um, that they're feeding a good quality raw food. And then I say, you know, send across the link so I can have a look. And so many of them have got farmed fish oils added to them, for example. Yeah, um, or too much fat in general. So a lot yeah. of them are too much, have too much fat. Yeah, yeah. Anything else for you before we finish, Timo? No, I'm fine. But uh, I agree with uh, Monique here that you have to smell their ears and paws to know when they're healthy, how it how it is, because... Sometimes I just check the smell of a horse and I already know what's wrong. And, yeah. and that's that's a very positive thing. So it's good thinking there, Monique. Good thinking there. Yeah. And, and Raven's made a similar sort of comment in terms of listening to behaviors and things. So I would, first and foremost, I would really, really like to thank Lance and Timo um, because you it's so amazing this information you're sharing. Lance, we're very, very grateful for all the research and effort you put in. And trust me, folks, we, Timo and I, quiz Lance on absolutely everything. And we don't talk about anything until we've used it ourselves and we're really, really happy. So yeah. I'm very grateful to both of you for your amazing expertise. Um, and thank you for all of you for that have participated. You know, the fact that you're here and you're giving up your time to listen to this is so important your pets will thank you so much and quite a few of you on here i know and i know just how much you're actually doing for your animals and it just really makes my heart sing i would also like to thank andrea big time for joining us i wasn't expecting that andrea on her holiday in spain to put the links in here and please 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 do go to the youtube channel and look at the Vibrant Animal Team playlist and also the health playlist, because like some of the videos we've done with Lance, um, we've been talking more on the human side of things, and they're on the health playlist, because there is so much information that we've covered over the last two years that is going to answer a lot of these um, questions, like, you know, what food is best and things like this. Um, so please do look at that. Thank you, everyone. We'll be back soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. I really hope you enjoyed that conversation and I hope there's at least one thing that you can take away and apply to your own life or to the lives of your animals. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen and if you feel inspired, please do share with your friends and family. My goal is to inspire as many people as I can to live their best lives, to stay curious and to raise their consciousness and that of the collective. So to do this, I need to reach as many people as possible, and this needs your help. If you feel drawn, would you be willing to share your favourite episode with five different people? 
This helps us spread the word and also helps me encourage some exciting new guests to take part in this podcast. If you feel drawn to do that, I will be very, very grateful. All the links and discount codes where applicable for all the products that I support are on my two websites, katherineedwards.life and katherineedwardsacademy.com. All of the products are personally tried and tested by me, my family and my clients. And finally, please do press the follow or subscribe button, depending which platform you're listening on. And above all, stay curious and stay free.